Hello and welcome to Bringing Bach Back. This is the podcast that explores the church year through the theology and music of Johann Sebastian Bach. The idea of the show is pretty simple. We're going to listen to a Bach cantata. We'll examine its music, its theology. We'll translate the words from German into English. And we'll learn that Bach was boldly Lutheran and hopefully seek to bring Bach back to our Lutheran church today. We will begin this episode with the same words that Bach wrote at the beginning of each of his music pieces, Jesu Juva, which means Jesus help. This week we are looking at a cantata that is written for the celebration of the Ascension. It is entitled, God Goes Up with Shouting. It's a little bit longer in length movement-wise, having 11 movements, but it still falls within the 20-minute time frame of a typical cantata. Unusual for a cantata, this particular cantata is divided into two pieces, half before the sermon and half after the sermon. Uh, This cantata was first performed May 30th, 1726, which is in fact 293 years ago exactly uh, of this particular Ascension Day in 2019. The Feast of the Ascension is one of the most overlooked feast days in the church year, perhaps because Ascension always falls on a Thursday, being exactly 40 days after Easter. Because of its unusual timing, most modern people skip Ascension Day services. But in the days of Bach, it included an all-night vigil service, just like we do for Easter. It was a day that Renaissance people went to church. This carries on today even in France. For example, people there still get the day off of work, much in the same way that we here in the United States get the 4th of July off. The Feast of the Ascension recognizes the resurrected Jesus rising up into heaven with the promise to return again on the last day. The main scripture lesson for Ascension Day comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after which he gave commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father." which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This time, let's turn our attention to the cantata. The Bach cantata that goes with these words begins with a choral movement. In some ways, this particular choral movement is the highlight of the piece. It begins with a slow and peaceful symphonic section of music, before transitioning into joyful trumpeting at the ascension of the Lord. This trumpeting music is almost in the form of a fugue, where one theme is oftentimes repeated throughout the rest of the piece in different voices and keys. This beginning movement suggests the apostles sitting and listening to the last sermon of Christ before he ascends into heaven with trumpets. The words that come into this section emphasize this idea. The lyrics of this first choral movement are as follows. God goes up with shouting, and the Lord with bright trumpets. Sing praises, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King. These lyrics are in fact a quote from Psalm 47 in Luther's translation of the Bible. 
And thus again we see the emphasis on God's word in Bach's music. In our modern church, half of this movement's lyrics are still retained for our use in the Ascension Day introit. Psalm 47 itself is a psalm of singing, written for the sons of Korah, who were a part of the main singers of the ancient Levite priests. How appropriate, then, that we sing the words that were originally written for the ascension of the Lord into his holy temple. And as we watch, what else could we do other than sing praises to our King, who rises from this world and enters into his heavenly kingdom? This time we'll now hear the opening choral for this cantata number 43, God Has Gone Up With a Shout. Such a beautiful piece of music, especially that part where they repeat the words lob sing it, lob sing it over and over again. Uh, the words we sing praise to God because of his great triumph over sin, death, and the devil as he ascends into heaven. With 11 movements to make it through in this particular cantata, we'll keep on moving forward. After this choral movement, we have a recitative sung by the tenor voice. We haven't mentioned this in any of our episodes yet. But in Bach's choral works, it is often the tenor voice that is the narrator. And at the same time, it is the bass voice that sings the words of Jesus. It is exactly that sort of thing that happens in this particular cantata. Here, the tenor is narrating the reality of what the ascension is. And to explain what the ascension is to the hearers, Bach compares the ascension of Jesus to an ancient Roman triumph. In the Roman Empire, in the days of Jesus, in fact, a conquering general was given a triumph 
into the city of Rome as a celebration of his victory over a foreign enemy. A procession would begin starting from the Campus Martius in Rome and would proceed to the Forum. The procession was ordered very strictly. At the beginning of the procession were the captive enemy soldiers and their families. Following them were all the captured spoils of the war, the possessions and property that could be carried off from that vanquished enemy. Next in line would be the Senate of Rome, and after the Senate would be the triumphant Roman general, riding in a chariot with a laurel wreath held over his head. Following the triumphant general would be the unarmed soldiers, the army that had done the actual fighting. These triumphs and processions could last days as this large group of people paraded into Rome to celebrate their victory in a battle. This particular cantata today explains the ascension of Jesus as his triumph into heaven. Sin, death, and the devil are captive and conquered, and Jesus rides into heaven dressed in the purple of victory while we his soldiers follow after him, eventually singing hallelujah with him forever. And that's exactly the idea that our second movement pictures. Hear now the lyrics that explain this. The highest prepares for himself a triumph, since he leads the prisoners themselves as his captives. Who is cheering for him? Who is it that stirs the trumpets? Who is at his side? Is it not God's army, that of his name, God? Salvation, praise, riches, strength, and power are singing in a loud voice, and bring him now forever a hallelujah. The music for this recitative is fairly simple, with only the organ continuo, or underlying music, alone backing the tenor singing. The movement uh, moves from a minor key to a major key, representing the movement of Christ from the sinful earth into heaven in the ascension itself. This recitative prepares us to witness the triumph of our King. This time, let's hear movement two, the tenor recitative from Box 43rd Cantata. You'll see it's fairly simple and straightforward, and yet it's setting up what follows immediately after that, which is also sung in the tenor voice, and it is an aria. The aria again brings the joy and happiness of the ascension, which was in our first movement, the choral piece, uh, and it brings that joy and happiness of the Lord's ascension to the forefront. The lyrics of the next movement reflect the words of Psalm 110, where David writes that the enemies of God will become his footstool. This is an idea quoted by Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, when he calls the earth his footstool, as well as in Luke chapter 20, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 1, and Hebrews chapter 10. Here, in the earth and the heavens are nestled under him, completely succumbed to his victory won on the cross. No longer are they in open rebellion of sin, but instead the might of sin, death, and the devil are vanquished forever. And so it is that thousands upon thousands accompany the chariot of Christ in his triumph. Hear the words now of this next movement, the tenor aria. Yes, a thousand times a thousand accompany the chariot to praise the king of kings, that earth and heaven nestle under him, and what he conquered now completely succumbs. 
When you hear the words in this movement, notice how they repeat, thousand upon thousand, giving a picture of those who are saved by the work of Jesus Christ. As St. John says in the book of Revelation, a multitude that no one could number from every tribe and people and nation, standing before the throne and the Lamb. Here it is worth remembering the ordering of a Roman triumph. Vanquished enemies lead the procession, then the conquering general, then the soldiers of the conqueror. All the earth will be in this triumph. The enemies of Christ, those without faith, will march to hell and damnation. Those who are the soldiers of Christ, by faith, to eternal glory and peace, and Jesus in the midst of them all. The whole scheme Bach sets up matches with the prophecy of the final judgment from Matthew chapter 25, the separation of the sheep and the goats. The conquered things now completely succumb to his glory. Praised Christ, the King of kings. At this time, we'll hear the words of this tenor aria. The way that music skips along, you can't help but also think of King David as he danced in front of the Ark of the Covenant as it was being brought to its final stop. Next, Bach gives us again a direct quote from Scripture. This time it is from the Gospel lesson that is assigned for Ascension Day, which comes from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 16. We don't have time to read the entire Gospel lesson, but this is verse 19 in particular. And so the words are as follows. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. What a blessing for those first hearers of this cantata to have heard the gospel lesson read by the pastor and then to hear those words again repeated in the music of the cantata right before the sermon was soon to begin. This movement that sings those words is simple and beautiful and also very short. It skillfully accomplishes bringing the word of God to the hearer with simplicity, and setting it to a tune that helps it to be easily remembered. That's one of the reasons that we set God's Word to music and sing hymns and songs of praise, is because it helps us to remember God's Word. Our brain actually records it on both halves uh, so that it can be recalled no matter what happens. This next movement is a recitative. It's now sung by the soprano voice. 
It gives us a section of God's word so that in the aria that follows, the soprano voice can parse out for us what this section of scripture means. First, the words of the scripture are sung, and then an explanation is sung. It's worth noting here that we quote this section of scripture in the words of the creed as well. When we say, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Note that the words of the creed are not invented by man. They're not man's words, but instead they are quotations from the Holy Scriptures. This time we'll hear the recitative from Bach's cantata, God Goes Up with Shouting, sung by the soprano. I told you that it was a short movement, and so now we have to ask the question, what do these words, which we recite in the creed, mean? It means that Jesus has completed his work of salvation. He said, it is finished after all. And after he completed his work, he went up to heaven to intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. He now sits at the right hand of God the Father, the position of influence and that of the king's chief advisor, the position of power. And he speaks now a word on our behalf. When he speaks to God about you, he says, don't count his sin against him. Don't count her guilt against her, for my blood covers it all. Because God speaks on our behalf, we now have peace before God. The soprano continues then, immediately after that short movement, with an aria that explains and emphasizes this idea. Christ who came down now goes back up to heaven. Hear the words we're about to hear sung. My Jesus has now completed the work of salvation and takes the returning path to the one who sent him. He completes the course on earth. Heavens, open yourselves and take him up again. Not only do we see Christ returning to heaven, we also reflect on the theology of the Christmas hymn, Savior of the Nations Come. The one verse says, God the Father was his source. Back to God he ran his course. Into hell his road went down. Back then to his throne and crown. This idea matches up with what the soprano is about to sing. The soprano says, Heavens, open yourselves and take Christ back again. For he has completed his heavenly work by dying on the cross and rising again. This time, let's hear this soprano aria. Oh! <laughs> 
Heavens, open yourselves and take back Christ again. What a beautiful movement. This time we're through the first half of the cantata, the first five movements having been completed. At the original time that this uh, played, uh, the church service would have had a sermon preached by the pastor of Leipzig. We uh, won't have a sermon at this time, but instead we'll take a break and we'll be back in a few minutes to continue with the second half of Bach's 43rd cantata, God Goes Up With Shouting, here on KNNA The Cross. at noon on KNNA. Thanks for listening to Bringing Bach Back. Don't forget to like our Facebook page and follow us there. And also visit our church radio website, thecross957.org. Welcome back to Bringing Bach Back. We're halfway through Bach's cantata number 43, God Goes Up With Shouting. It was originally written for the celebration of Ascension Day, a rare Thursday feast day. We've taken a break today at the same time that the cantata would have been stopped to allow the preaching of a sermon by the pastor at the Leipzig Church at the time. And so we'll imagine now that the sermon is completed and we'll begin the second half imagining that we've just had that great law and gospel proclaimed into our ears all about Jesus and his ascension. Immediately following the sermon, we would have had an exciting beginning to the second half of the cantata, a bass recitative which is commanding in its scope. The violin repeats notes repeatedly, to show the vanquishing of the enemies of all humanity, sin, death, and the power of the devil destroyed. It is the music of a triumph. As we talked about earlier, this whole cantata reflecting a triumph into Rome, only this time it's a triumph as Jesus rides into heaven. It is the music that would be sung following the completion of a battle, just as we expect from a Lord who completes the battle of the cross and rises triumphantly into heaven. The lyrics we're soon to hear are as follows. The hero's hero comes, misery and terror of Satan, who has defeated death himself, eliminated the stains of sins, scattered the enemy's horde. You powers hurry up and take up with the winner. Jesus is the hero's hero spoken of. Satan is the miserable, terrified loser of the battle of all time. It is reflective again of the idea of an ancient battle having occurred and Jesus coming out victorious. When Caesar defeated Pompey, Pompey ran and hid in Egypt. When Augustus defeated Antony, the same thing occurred. It is not one of those two great generals that has won the day now, but instead it is Jesus, who by his life, death, and resurrection has defeated Satan. And Satan has no choice but to turn tail and to run away with his tail between his legs. Let us now hear the joyful music Bach prepared to declare that fact. Der Helden hält, des Satans Fürst und Schrecken, der selbst den Tod gefällt, getiefst der Sündenflecken, zerstreut, heult der Feinde auf. 
Perhaps you noticed that the ending of that particular movement was kind of abrupt. That's because, uh, just like the others in this particular cantata, it would have gone immediately into the bass aria. The bass sings a recitative, and then the bass sings an aria with more elaborate instrumentation. And that's exactly what happens right now. The trumpet blasts in and declares the victory loudly and clearly, proclaiming that Christ has won the day. And the words carry the same idea and are reflective of the Renaissance artwork that often depicts Jesus in the wine press. Let's hear a translation of the words first, and then we'll talk about that idea of Jesus in the wine press. It is he who all alone has stomped on the wine press full of pain, agony, and anguish, the lost to save through an expensive purchase. You thrones, wake up yourselves and put wreaths upon him. The picture of Christ's cross as a wine press is an important Reformation picture. In fact, in Germany, there are several churches that have that painted on their church somewhere. Christ being crushed down by the cross, his blood flowing out so that we might drink it, and by that blood live and have forgiveness of sins. In exchange for Christ giving us his blood to drink, he drinks the cup of God's wrath. We drink his grace, he drinks our suffering. Note that Christ alone is the Savior talked of in this cantata. Christ alone has earned forgiveness. And he has done so, as Bach quotes in the Catechism, by purchasing us not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood, innocent suffering and death, that we may be his own and live under him in his kingdom. As a result, the heavenly thrones wake themselves and place wreaths upon him. The idea of wreaths again brings us back to the ancient triumph where the victorious general would have a laurel wreath held above his head to symbolize his victory. This is the time that Christ celebrates his victory. Christ has won this crown. Christ is being paraded through the town as he ascends into heaven. As we think about the idea of a crown placed upon Christ, we might also remember St. Stephen, the first Christian martyr. The name Stephen itself means crown, and St. Stephen earns his crown as well, if you will, by making the good confession of Jesus in a world that did not appreciate him nor love him. St. Stephen, as you remember, was martyred in Jerusalem for confessing that Jesus was God made flesh who died and rose again. Our victory crown awaits us as well, as we confess the same thing in this world and as we prepare to leave it behind and inherit Christ's peace and joy forever. This time, let's go ahead and hear this next movement. Kauf. 
Grenze auf. Die Kronen hielt euch und setzt die Grenze auf. Setzt die Grenze auf. Die Kronen mühet euch und setzt die Grenze auf. Und setzt die Grenze auf. Ihr hear the bass and the trumpet working together to proclaim the victory of Jesus as he ascends into heaven, riding in triumphantly. Bach continues next in this particular cantata with the alto voice and an alto recitative, which places us now not in the triumph parade itself, but rather as one of the people standing on the side and watching it go into glory. It's in essence putting us with the disciples as they watched Jesus ascend. Now we see the ascension as we sit in the pews. It's the same message as before, but now we're viewing it from this side of death and heaven. We who still live in the world, because of a thousand sufferings, watch as Christ ascends. And it gives us hope. Hope because we know that where Christ goes, we shall one day follow. Yes, into death, but only as we pass through death into eternal life. We celebrate and praise him as we stand on the side of the road and watch him ride by victorious. Hear a translation of this next movement and also alto recitative at this time. The Father has indeed an eternal kingdom determined for him. Now the hour is near when he takes the crown after a thousand bad things. I'm standing here on the road, and I look forward to it happily. The gospel promise is that the hour is near. It reflects Paul's words from Second Corinthians, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The mood is more somber, recognizing that we are still in affliction here. We as Christians could never deny that. And we couldn't tell ourselves a lie saying everything in this life will be okay. It won't. We'll suffer. One day we'll die. And yet we still look forward to the world that is to come knowing that when we pass through death, we enter into the joy of the world to come, where Christ will be face to face with us, with peace, with comfort, and with joy. This time, let's hear the alto recitative sing these words. As has been the pattern in this cantata and in so many others, the alto recitative leads into a more elaborate alto aria. We are still on the side of the road in this sinful, difficult world, but we are picturing the glory of the risen Christ in heaven. As the words say, I see already in spirit how Jesus hurls God's righteousness at his enemies to help his servants out of suffering anguish and shame. I stand here on the road and I look after him longingly. 
What a great picture that is, that God hurls Christ's righteousness at all his enemies. It is the righteousness of Christ that comforts us, the righteousness found not within our own hearts or selves, but instead in Jesus that leads us out of suffering, anguish, and shame. This is the reality of heaven, and Bach pictures it here with these words beautifully. Let's hear those words sung now by the alto voice in an alto aria. amazing how Bach takes some of those words and draws out those long syllables to really show the anguish, suffering, and shame that we face here in this world. Bach continues the cantata with words and the next movement that reflect John chapter 14, sung by the soprano. John's gospel records for us these words of Jesus. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. The ideas that Jesus is speaking here match with the next movement of Bach's cantata. The words are this. He wants me next to him to prepare the apartment that I ever may stand by his side, free from woe and ah, I'm standing here on the way, and I thank him gratefully. This really is the key promise of Jesus' ascension. Jesus goes into heaven, and one day we will follow after. 
We're not stuck here for all eternity. We won't suffer forever and ever. But we will leave this sinful world to enter heaven with perfect peace, with comfort, and with joy. Bach stands alongside us along the road as we all together watch Christ go by and long for the day when we too will be in peace and comfort and joy. We are in anticipation of that day and certain that it will one day come. Let us now hear this soprano recitative singing those words we heard a moment ago. We stand here and we thank God gratefully for all that he has done in the person and work of Jesus Christ, crucified, died, buried, risen again, and now ascended into heaven to win for us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, and assure us that this world is not our end, but rather that we should live forever. This now brings us finally to the 11th and final movement of this cantata, and it is a closing chorus. It is a hymn that is written by Johann Riest, who was a contemporary of Paul Gerhard about a century before Bach. This hymn was popular back in its day, being used also by Buxitude as well as by Bach. Especially important is the prayer of the second verse, which we'll hear in a moment. Bach using two verses in this cantata, which asks God to take us with him to heaven by the wings of faith. It ends with a slight uncertainty that also is the voice of faith, which seeks to leave this world. When will I stand before you? In Christ we know that the day will come when we shall ascend to heaven, and our prayer as we wait is this, Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. The words of that second verse match up with Psalm 55, verse 6. Oh, that I had wings like a dove! I would fly and be at rest. That is what we hope for. Hear now the words of this final movement. Two verses. First verse, O Prince of Life, Lord Jesus Christ, who has ever been taken up into heaven, where your Father is with the company of the righteous, how shall I rightly praise your great victory that you, through a difficult battle, have won and show you sufficient honor? Verse 2, Draw us after you, then we will run. Give us the wings of faith. Help us to flee far from here upon Israel's mountain. My God, when shall I journey there, where I myself will be forever happy? When will I stand before you, beholding your face? Let us now hear this final movement, the choral movement of our Ascension Cantata, God Has Gone Up With a Shout.
This concludes Bach's cantata, God has gone up with a shout. It also concludes our episode of Bringing Bach Back. I pray that it's been a blessing for you and that it has allowed you to peek into our great Lutheran musical heritage and to enjoy a piece of music that is decidedly Lutheran in its theology and is an amazing contribution to music itself. As you think back on today's episode, remember that it is what church music can be, beautifully carrying our theology and music fit for heaven. Bach was little more than a church organist who took the great hymns and chorales of the church that came before him and made them into music that carried the gospel to hearers of countless generations. That's why it's so important for us to bring Bach back into the Lutheran Church today. If you have any feedback on our program, please let us know. Contact us at KNNA Radio. Bringing Back Bach is a production of KNNA Radio of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. If you have any feedback, look at our website, thecross957.org. We'll end our episode now with the same words Bach wrote at the end of all of his compositions. Three little letters, SDG, which stood for Solo Deo Gloria. To God alone be all the glory. I'm Pastor Adam Moline, your host, bidding you Alviter Zane until our next episode. God bless your day. <laughs>